You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Wayne, there is so much corporate news since we last spoke, but I want to go through it in an organized fashion today and make it chronological. And let's have a look at the first thing that came out this morning at 7.05 South African time. And that was the news that Grand Parade is getting out of Burger King. Now, Burger King, I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but I like the Whopper. I really like yeah, the Whopper, and it was going to take on the McDonald's and um, Wimpy and Steers and everybody else, yeah. but it came in just yeah. at the wrong time because everything was yeah. saturated at the time and the economy was turning down. Yes, and I mean, honestly, they've remember they've also got rid of the donut business and the ice cream business, which were even worse. Yes, you know, so, so if you take all the big brands that came into South Africa, the Dunkin' Donuts, the Basking Robins, Starbucks, and now Burger King. They found competition here is significantly stronger than what they anticipated. And local brands are powerful. Yeah. Steer, Spur, Wimpy, they're powerful. McDonald's came in a long time ago, so they're well established. And I mean, GPI has had an incredibly tough time. I mean, they've had shareholder revolts and they've really had a tough time because this is a hugely community-based Western Cape company where lots of people family and friends and associates of the directors and the people who started the company have put their money into this one. Now, this share's down, it's up 9% today, but, you know, in the last five years, it's down uh, 50%. Yes. So it certainly hasn't been a good investment. But, I mean, they've, they've, you know, they were in gambling, then they went into food, then they sold some of their gambling. They've gone through so many iterations of trying to identify what they are as a company, and now they're getting out to the food business. Yeah, but I, I mean, can, I can assure you, it doesn't say it here, mm. but I can sh- assure you, it's at a loss. What what they're getting here, five hundred million or something? Yeah, that's a substantial loss. I mean, Burger King will still live on as a brand in South Africa, will it? Yeah, I'm sure it will. But but, I mean, I can remember when they opened up their first branch in South Africa on Ravonia Road. Yes. I was on my way to actually to do a, a, a radio interview, and the Ravonia Road was blocked with all the people double parking to go to Burger King. Mm. So, I mean, that must have been very encouraging for them that they would actually, the road would be blocked because so many people wanted Burger King. And I also like Burger King. I mean, I've gone there quite a few times. And there's never a problem with parking. There's never a problem with queues. So it's, it's never an issue to actually get served there. But, yeah, I mean, they're getting out of that and they're getting out of the, the, the I suppose, the, the backup food processing side of the business as well. Yes, I wonder how they'll reinvent themselves. Obviously, that's for a discussion uh, later on yes, in the I'm year. I'm not too sure. No, nor do I. I'm uh, not too sure. But the uh, 9% rally, the, the market applauding that, even if it's off a low base. Here is a company that you're probably quite familiar with. The company's name is Bidcorp. They came out with a trading statement, I think I think it was yesterday, or maybe it was Monday. But yeah. anyway, their results have followed, and these they are the results for the half year ended December of last year, of course. Revenue up 3.2%, pedestrian trading profit up 9.2% to 3.6 billion, which is respectable. Headline earnings per share up 4%. Cash generated up 61.4% to 4.1 billion after working capital. Uh, interim dividend declared up 6.5%. So, okay, and the, the market not doing much with it, really. It's, uh, it's, it's more yeah. or less flat on the day. But we did know about it. Remember, this is not in rands, eh? This is in, 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 in euros. Yes. And the share price has actually done very well over the last while. It's up about 30-odd percent over the last three years. And this is a high-quality company that seems able to withstand many, many 
downturns and cycles. And certainly, we've got a big exposure to this one, and, and the results were perfectly acceptable to us. Jolly good. In that case, you must be happy. Discam recorded group revenue growth of 10% yes. to $10.3 billion for the 22-week period from 1st of September to the 2nd of February. This is a trading update for 22 weeks. Discam has been he's been down here before. It's been down at around 22, 22, 50. It's yeah. been up to about 27, 28 again, but now coming down. Stiff competition again. It's difficult to buy clicks because clicks is on such a high multiple, but I still yes. prefer clicks to Discam. What is your view? Yeah, look, Discam had a lot of problems last year with their warehousing, with their, I forget its actual name, but it's some sort of subsidy they get from the people supplying stuff to put on their shelves, and they had labor unrest, and they've actually had a torrid time over the last, uh, certainly the last financial set of results were quite poor, and you had the share trading at 20 rand. Okay, look, it's up a little bit now, 23 odd, odd rand, but it's a long way off the highs, and I mean, Discam was almost a surefire bet to put your money into up until 2018. And then they came out with the bad numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And they still actually got to recover from that. But the trading update's not bad. I mean, they are certainly getting some volume here, although the market, you know, did down 3% on the day. But when you look at what they've done, you know, retail sales are up 9%. They're not, they're not quite, they haven't got 9% inflation. Host, you know, like for like revenue growth of 2%. And they actually say, yeah, uh, the price inflation is 1%, so they're getting actually quite reasonable like-for-like uh, -like store growth and in real terms as well. So I don't think this was a bad update, but I think the market is just a little bit jaded here about this game. It's not quite the winner people always expected it to be. But still a good company. Good. And and I would wait a little bit before I buy. I'd just sit back and wait a little bit. Exactly, but still go there and buy your vitamins, Wayne. Um, let's have a look at this one now. Shareholders referred to the announcement released on the Stock Exchange News Service of the JSE Limited on the 18th of February relating to the disposal of transaction capital shares by the company's founders, Jonathan yes. Jorner. Michael Mendelovitz and Roberto Rossi or the selling shareholders through their respective shareholding vehicles, etc., via an accelerated book build offering. Now, what do you, when, you, when you see this, what do you say to yourself? They've had a good time. They've built a good company. It's an intriguing company. They're getting out. Or do you say they're getting out and maybe I should be a bit cautious? Well, unfortunately, your second one is always rears its head when the founding members of a company sell shares and they're selling quite big yeah. i mean this this is this is a relatively yes. big one it was placed very very uh very easily and very quickly at about a five percent discount that's why the shares down a little bit but you know the the owners are entitled to sell shares you know even though it might be a negative perception in the market that they are entitled to sell shares now if, if ever if next week some catastrophic news comes out about transactions capital and the share price falls 25 percent I mean, they'll be held up for insider trading. So I don't think they're selling because of something they know that we don't know and they want to get out. You know, I think the market has progressed significantly further. Those, that might have been the case in the 80s or 70s, but it's, it's no longer the case now. So they're just realizing some of the, their holdings, and they still own a combined shareholding of about 18% in the company. But, I mean, it is a big, 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 big book build, and... I actually think now is the time we go and buy it at this price weakness. Mm. I actually think it's time to go buy this company. It's a fantastic company. They've performed incredibly well. Their earnings 
have been strong, consistently strong. They've got a good business model. So I'd actually take this weakness as a bit of a buying opportunity. I mean, this share is up, what, about 200-odd percent in the last five years. Yeah, it's been a fantastic, I mean, a fantastic success story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the taxi yeah. business is incredible, and they've they've changed. I like the fact that they're very nimble. They change themselves from one thing to yes. another, and the business that they have is almost like a – it's not bulletproof. It's not – but it's sort of defensive in a way. That's the way I look at transaction actually, capital. It's actually very defensive. Okay. Uh, we're only up to 8 o'clock in the morning uh, because we've got Advertech's business update. Just a brief one on that. Share price down a couple of percent. Do you like Advertech? Man, unfortunately, I like the concept. I like the concept of, of the education outside of the government. Uh, government provides what the government provides. And I like the idea of Kuro and of you know, all of the the, that that thing, but the shares have just been taking a hiding. I mean, they're just not getting the pupils mm. that I thought they that they would get, and they've been suffering from all sorts of of, of issues. And certainly, the government—I don't think the government likes this. So they're trying to be, certainly with the advertech trying to do the uh, clamp down on the temporary staff, and it, it just seems a very difficult environment now. Maybe there's just too much supply came on stream because it was just Pemberley states. I mean. There's a whole lot of things going on there. They're in the same sort of uh, uh, area as the as as a uh, Kuro and Advertech as well. Mm. But I mean, they did say their tertiary is done extremely well. Uh, schools division, they're trying to improve the strategic positioning of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, okay. They're um, not. Unfortunately, this whole private education education sector in the JSC is not quite what it used to be. Yet. No, it's not. I mean, people obviously, this is not like insurance, which is a grudge purchase. This is an essential purchase. You want to the yeah. best, best for your children. But unfortunately, I think the suppliers come on stream a little bit ahead of the demand. Here's one. Sabanya Stillwater Limited, you probably don't own this one, but it's gone from, let's call it 15 to 50 rand a share. Its results came out for the half year and the year ended 31st of December. Share price up around about 3.5%, 49 rand a share, all to do. Yeah. I must say, one of the greatest miners that this country has ever produced, I think, and that's Neil Froneman. You know, of course, the extraordinary performance of the PGM Metal Group. And yes. he, he, he diversified from gold to PGMs, and that has been yeah. a, a stroke of genius. And to his credit... He bought it at exactly the right time. Yes. I don't know if it was luck or skill or I just don't know, but he bought the PGMs from Anglo-American. He bought that palladium thing in America, Stillwater. And gold's also running. Eh? I mean, gold's not doing badly at all. Nice. So he bought, and he bought Londra, and he bought all of these things at the bottom. Now, what, what I can tell you is that if the platinum and if the PGM prices had not gone up, he had serious debt there. That the, the survival of his company would have been in doubt if we didn't get this massive rally in the PGMs and gold. But that's irrelevant now because we did get it, and he is totally and utterly printing money. Mm. So he, by hook or by crook, he got it right. Well, crook may be the wrong word, but he certainly hooked a lot of people because this share price has been a tremendous yeah. success story. In the last six months, it's gone, as I say, yes. from around about 15 uh, to 50. We're still only at 8.45 in the morning. Consolidated Infrastructure Group, which is being touted as the, the next big thing by a lot of these small cap analysts that I spoke to a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that hasn't exactly worked. No, it hasn't. 91 cents I've got unchanged on the day, but it's trading statement for the four-month period. If you have a look at it, is it a South African story or is it a 
a corporate story? I mean, a, a bad news corporate story? What What is your interpretation? Well, look, I, I must say I haven't uh, really delved into this company at all. All I've done is had a look at the share price, and mm. the share price is down 96% odd yes. in the last five years. That's a nervous laugh. And when way. something like that happens, you sort of tend to just steer clear a little bit, yeah. Okay, let's move on. You're just cautious. Let's move on to something that you should always stay clear of, in my opinion, and that's an airline, despite the fact that Comair is a fine company. Comair came out with a trading statement. I wouldn't touch, if uh, if I was an investor, I wouldn't touch an airline uh, because of, well, obvious reasons that need not detain us. But anyway, Comair was bought into by a very well-known company a a number of years ago, but having a look at it, um, earnings per share would be more than 170% lower. SAA had reached a loss. Exactly. And it was one of the companies on the JSC that had this unbroken record of operating profits. Yes, unbroken. Decades and decades. Yeah. But that was just smoke and mirrors because it's it's obviously fallen on harder times for various reasons. Uh, look, I mean, a lot of it, yeah. First of all, I agree with you. There's two industries, maybe even three, maybe even four industries. I'm very cautious of low-cost airlines is one of them. Yes. It, you you. Any industry where you the only competitive advantage you got is a lower price, <laughs> to me, is just not a winning industry. Mm. So you could chuck the chickens in there as well. Uh, <laughs> what about I, cell I, phones? I, I, You're saying this. I mean, what about mobile operators? I'm going off at a tangent here, but now you've said that, it suddenly rung a bell. Prices keep on yes, coming no, no, down. No, no, look, yeah, yeah. But cell phone operators at least have got fixed costs. Mm. You know, and as long as they get additional revenue, you can actually get a multiplier effect. But but all cell phone companies are ex-growth, eh? So yeah. you're only going to buy them at a 7% dividend yield like Telco, like a Vodacom. Because if they were at a 2% dividend yield, you wouldn't touch them. But they do generate cash, very cash positive, very, very reliable annuity business. But yes, you know, the top line is under pressure. But the big reasons for Comair has got two problems. One is they bought a 737 Max. Yes, and it's sitting on the runway gathering dust. And that's expensive. That's properly expensive. When you have such a big capital, I actually flew the plane. I flew in that 737, didn't crash. Mm. Well, clearly not. 737 no. Max mm. to Cape Town and back. Mm. And it's now grounded and it sits there. I mean, I don't know what that will cost you a year, but I don't think you get much change from 30 million, 20 million a year for that thing just sitting here. So that's the one problem. Second problem is, SAA can't pay them the 700 million or 790 million rand that they owe them from the damages claim uh, from the uh, competition commissioner. Yeah. They're just not getting it. So they had to, they had to, they showed it as revenue last year. And now they've had to cut out that revenue for the full amount outstanding, even though they say they're still going to obviously pursue it. But SAA hasn't got money. So. Now join the queue to get money from SAA. Exactly what I was going to say. The last, the last thing on the list. I mean, if you're the bean counter at SAA, you'll say, right, we owe the government this, we owe these people this, etc. Oh, and at the bottom there's Comair. Right at the bottom is Comair. Yeah. So, so and unfortunately, Comair. I mean, the market knew this the moment SAA was placed in business rescue. I mean, the market just knew you're not going to see. Well, you might see ten cents in the rand at some stage, or you might see something. But, or you might end up owning a big portion. They might ask you to convert to equity. You never know. They might actually start owning a bit of SAA. It's not impossible, that, because SAA certainly can't settle their debts. And SAA cannot go bankrupt, by the way, because the moment SAA goes bankrupt, 
the government has got to immediately uh, meet the guarantees that they've given to SAA of 18 billion. So, and they haven't got that type of money to, to pump into. So they will keep SAA going. And part of keeping SAA going is they're going to have to reach a compromise with their creditors. So, so, they, so ComAir will get something eventually. And the something they might get might actually even be shares in SAA. You just, you just never know. But SAA cutting down and closing down all of their flights you know, ultimately is good news for ComAir and for Safair, etc. Yes, it is. A large competitor uh, removing some of its routes from the market is very, very significant. Yeah, and hopefully that 737 MAX uh, gets dusted off quite soon, but it just keeps on going yes. on and on. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be that keen at the moment of getting on a 737 MAX. I'd rather get no. on uh, something a little bit older and more reliable. Because now they've found, they found also de- all sorts of debris in the petrol tank. Yes, I saw that today uh, uh, coming mm. up. I don't know what the implications of that are, but uh, that's another that's another problem for the regulators, the, the FAA, whatever it's called. Anyway, let's not uh, dwell on the airline industry. Anything else you've been seeing, Wayne? I mean, just one thing. Actually, let's just end on this because I was talking to your mate David Shapiro yesterday and another commentator, and I put the question to them, how do you approach a share like Anglo-American Platinum or Impala Platinum or Sabanyu? 15 to 50 when it comes to Sabanyu. 15 to 170, 175 for Impala Platinum. Anglo-American Platinum uh, doubling. Do you say to yourself, well, the Platinum price is above 1,000 now. Uh, the gold price is 1,600 plus, so precious metals are, are in vogue. How do you approach it? Do you say, I can't ignore this one. I have to hang on its coattails. Or do you say, no, it's far too expensive. Let the cycle run its course. I think the second one, you let the cycle run its course. What was the, what's the Anglo-American share price now? And M- Platt's share price now? It's 1,400. Yeah, it is. You're right. Look at that thing. Yeah. And what was it in 2008? Any guesses? Oh, maybe four. Four, five hundred. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, so it's come. And it's gone interim, nowhere. In the interim, it went down to two hundred, and now it's back to a thousand four hundred. Okay. These are heavily cyclical companies, and remember, at the bottom, when it was two hundred, no one wanted to touch PGMs. They were. It was a dead industry. Now you can only hear good news. Now the deficits are going to last for the rest of our lifetimes. You know, this is a heavily cyclical company. And somehow, when the price is so high and everyone's making money, somehow supply is found. It's just found somewhere. And supply comes on, and eventually the auto catalysts jig up their factories to use more more platinum than palladium. Then the palladium price falls. And it's a cycle, man. You don't buy at the top of the cycle. You can sweat for a long time. You ask Pitiful Uni, he bought these platinum shares 2007 2008 he sweated for a year and a half but he did get payoff eventually so he was right eventually mm. but i don't think now you jump in no. I, I just don't think so okay it just feels like 2007 2008 for me exactly how your colleague said yesterday so you two concur wayne mccurry thank you very much for your time as always that's wayne mccurry who's a portfolio manager at fmb wealth and investment and that was wayne on wednesday The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.